and welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. This week I am joined by a man who'll be standing in for Quentin Smith for the next couple of months. It's Mr. Joe Screbbles. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I'm really stressed. And we'll really get stressed. on to why quite We'll get shortly. on to that quite shortly, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess things... It's been a strange week in terms of games because I've not played a huge amount of stuff. I've been working a lot. Mm. We've just put up... Actually, well, when we're recording this, almost, we've just put up a big kind of cool video about 80 days, which uh, if you haven't seen that already, you should go to coolghost.net and have a look at that. 80 days is not a new game, but it is a very, very good game that just got updated and the video is obscene. I was going to say, yeah, you should watch it at least just because Matt has busted his balls making this thing. I don't know what happened. Something went wrong in my brain Mm. and I've lost my mind. So 80 days is something, we're not going to talk about it because you can just watch that video because Quentin Smith says it much better than I could, to be honest, but I have all of the same thoughts. So just go and have his and pretend they're mine. 80 days is one of those weird games where just sort of everyone feels exactly the same pure happiness about it. I don't think I've ever met anyone who goes, 80 days, you know, take it or leave it. Some people aren't keen on it, but... I just love it. I think it's more that they aren't keen on the repeat yeah, value yeah, of going yeah, yeah. around again and again, which is fine. After two or three times, sure, I kind of felt like I kept landing on the same beats and I read a few things too many times, but I love it. It's a fantastic, fantastic game that manages to convey the sense of, of journey and adventure mm. and travel. And really, yeah, but also that that idea that you are traveling around the world for a bet and you're trying to make it as quickly as possible. Mm. It's almost like what I love about it is that every time I play it, you start off with this sort of like pace of being like, we've got to go, we've got to go. What's the fastest rate? Yeah, we've got to get this train. Fantastic. We're saving so much time. This is brilliant. And then things start to go wrong. And then you just get like lost in these strange stories halfway around the world where you just forget. Mm. And you just get like enveloped in it and you go, yeah, things have slowed down. Yeah. We're behind time, but this is fascinating. But then all of a sudden, you're on a mad airship, and you're like, oh my god, we're, we're back on track, and we might do it in no time. Yeah, and... but it's also got that strange thing of the next... After, say, like two or three times where you're kind of genuinely racing other people, because I had that thing where I was tweeting people going, oh, i got 16 days, and that kind of stuff. And then after a while, you start to go, oh no, I just want to see as much as possible, and you realise that the constrictions of the game don't stop you from doing that. It's yeah. just that you're just making a, like your master upset with you, which is bad in its own way. It makes you feel bad because it's well-written enough. But you get that strange thing where I started thinking of it as like Passport 2's having a Groundhog Day situation. This is like <laughs> Act 2 of Groundhog Day. You know where Bill Murray gets all lackadaisical and just can't be asked and starts killing himself? Yeah. To me, that's what that is. It's like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to like... The- I'm going to like the tip of of Africa. How the fuck did we end up here, Passport Two? <laughs> Look, mate, <laughs> just never been here before, mate. I just want to do something different for no. my fucking life. I heard something about maybe like a teleporter, so just having a look. Just yeah, nothing here. Anyway, back on the boat. All right. <laughs> no, it's true, and there are actually like you kind of weird, weirdly realise that actually going around the world quickly is feels like a challenge to begin with. But once you get good at that, you then realise there's more of a challenge almost because the game will not let you go backwards around the globe. Yeah. There's sometimes more of a challenge just getting to certain places because you have to just go as as kind of vertically around the globe as you can. Yeah. But you're always going a little bit exactly. To the you're, side. you're doing that sort of strange like uh, oscilloscope thing where you're just like shooting up and down yeah. the globe all the way. And so there are a few places you're like, how the hell do I get there? Like before mm. it's too late, before the game goes. Well, no, you can't go backwards. Yeah. Um, but it's a lovely, lovely thing, and I had a really, really. I kind of it was one of those things I downloaded the iPad over Christmas and mm. thought this will be a fun thing, have a go, and just thought this is kind of cute. 
wasn't really massively into it. And mm. then somewhere halfway around Europe, I was just locked in. Yeah. And hell of a thing. For, hell me, of a for thing. me, it's always like the Orient Express bit. Everyone gets on that train and then it's like, I can get off anywhere. Yeah. And go anywhere. And there's some, you. suddenly, <laughs> exactly. And suddenly it's just like, oh, fuck, I'm in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it's really and as strange. a man who didn't know much about the world, I obviously didn't learn a huge amount of the world because it is a fantasy version of the mm. world. But you do learn a few things. Yeah. There's you know, bits and pieces. Such as like, don't trust nuns, etc. Never trust nuns. Um, but no, it's fantastic. If you don't know anything about it at all, just go and watch that video. It's fantastic. If you do know about the game, you might be interested to know that the new version adds stuff like the moon, Atlantis, and some other crazy stuff. And also, it sounds like it's interesting, but Canada, like, which is great oh, yeah, yeah. because, you know, the problem you have with that game is that there are a few kind of bottlenecks where you mm. always find yourself going through like North America or a few other places They've kind of opened them up a bit. So if you are playing it again and again and again, then there's more things to see. There's a really nice piece that um, Meg Giant, the writer, tweeted. And I, I can't remember who it was, which makes me feel really bad. But it's about how it's sort of... Um, they, they've added specifically like uh, like ethnic groups that they didn't cover the first time. So there's loads more like Native American Brilliant. people and stuff. So it kind of fills out the world's cultures as well as areas to go, which is just really nice. Like it's using game design to fix sort of narrative problems which is great like it's just it's really interesting how they've been adding to that game it's fantastic. not just mad places no it's really cool no it's I mean the writing in that is fantastic it's unbelievable it's so good I mean if it wasn't it would be a rubbish game yeah it's the, the one thing that makes it a good game what really. do you think there's like close to a million words in that game too many now? words I think uh, it's, it, that's insane take like, half of them out see what happens <laughs> we'll see who gets <laughs> get it to America Nothing, nothing. Just, yeah, every place just <laughs> Just goes. keep clicking it until you're out of America. Done. Desert. Um, another thing I played last week um, was the Beginner's Guide. Oh, yeah. Which is weird because I don't even really want to talk about it. Oh, really? No. Just because sad or... It's, yeah, it's a combination of the fact that, like, I don't feel like I can say much about it without spoiling it. And also because yeah. it had a, a profound um, effect on me, which was kind of... Kind of negative, in a way. Yeah. It, it wasn't... I enjoyed the experience, but it, it kind of left me feeling quite empty. Yeah. And that wasn't... That's not... A, but at the same time, that's not a criticism of it. No, it's it's a really weird one. And, like, if you... if Yeah, if the idea is we will not spoil it here, then we can't really talk about no. it. No. I'll tell you what I really like about it is, apart from anything else, every, everyone knows what the structure is, which is the guy who made Stanley Parable is playing through a set of games that uh, a friend of his made. And... The thing that really interested me about it was it was what I thought a few years ago. Um, uh, Ed McMillan, who made Super Meat Boy and uh, Binding of Isaac, released like a collection of all his early games, like stuff he used to do on Newgrounds. Right. Um, and it was kind of what I wanted that to be, like this curated. Here's why I did all these things, and that game that didn't really do that. So to me, it felt like oh, this is what it would feel like if someone walked you through someone's sort of life in games as a almost it's like a documentary piece yeah which is lovely like I just it's exactly what I wanted from that sort of I like to see more of things like that yeah it'd be amazing imagine having like imagine how interesting because a a game made of pieces of Peter Molyneux games throughout his career would be better than any Peter Molyneux game like more or less like if you were just playing the pieces that you were like this is what he was trying to do and this is where he went mad and like (laughs) It would be amazing. Yeah. Like, just a curated, like, documentary game. 
It'd be wicked. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I think actually that kind of curation would be really, really exciting. But and I mean, I've got to say, like, I thought that the, the structure of the, the Beginner's Guide was fantastic. Oh, just it's, yeah, it's, it's just... It's very, very different. Mm. And it's it's one of those things where it clearly is more like a piece of art than it is actually a game in many regards. Mm. But it was very interesting. But I just came away from it. It was a really interesting one, the fact that it, it, so much of it was about my... You basically having a conversation with an author almost yeah. about something. I, I just thought, I, you know, it's one of those things where I kind of think... Yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about this because it's one of those interesting things and I felt like a real a real tit <laughs> frankly I'm going to go out and say it a tit well, I felt like a real wally I to be like honest a, a complete wally um, <laughs> when I kind of put up a short video being like I can't talk about this game without talking about myself yeah so I'm not going to and lots of other people um, had the same thing it turned out mm. and some people did the same thing as me of saying so I'm not going to some people just talked about themselves and I'm not saying that's wrong mm. that's just the way it was and it was one of these things where I could not think about that game without just thinking about myself mm. and that's because I'm a tit <laughs> <laughs> the thing is again this isn't a thing I, you can talk about without spoiling it but my like I came out of it and went well, that was amazing and then you th- and then because of what it is you think about it and you think about it and you think about it and you toss it over and you change opinions over and over again based on narrative points and critical points and everything just swims about in your head and I came out of it uh, feeling sort of negative about the not in a sense of I felt sad I felt I feel vaguely negative about what it is doing oh. and I again I can't I can't talk about it but there's, there's there's a sense in my head that it is a far colder game than it presents itself as it is pretty cold yeah but, but cold in uh, no, I can't talk about it. No, Never mind. That's the thing you can't talk about. It, but it's it's we'll do spoilers it's about it at some point. Kind of fascinating, mm. um, and it's fascinating. I think mainly just because of the the two factors I found is the fact that when was the last time that I found myself unable to talk about a video game because it was purely introspections and about how it made me think about how I experience the mm. world. When does that happen? I don't think it's ever happened to me before. I'm like, sorry, I can't, I can't tell you about The Walking Dead because uh, I'd be revealing too much of my inner psyche mm. and I'm not willing to do that as somebody who talks about video games for a living. Um, at the same time, it's this thing of being like, well, it's the sort of game where you kind of go like when people say, when we recommend games to people, mm. you recommend games to people based on a number of criteria. And there have been times, many times in the past where I've recommended to people that they should play games because they'll have an experience. Yeah. Like, actually, The Walking Dead is a great example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of being like, you should play this. Is it good? Oh, it's fucking really good. Mm. Will it be fun? Well, yeah, sort of. Like, will I, will I have a nice time? No. No, it's fun, <laughs> it's fun in the way the TV programme is. But that's, yeah, it's stressful, occasionally cathartic, but mostly just stressful and, and kind of puts the mirror on you and goes, mm. that's the sort of person that you are. In How the do you we- live with yourself? In the weird telltale way that it tells you that the whole way through. Yeah. We're just like, oh. You're, you realise that you're a bit of a dick. <laughs> Sings a ditty to you. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're horrible. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah. The thing that always strikes in my head when things like that happen is like, well, the, the, the obvious one is L.A. Noir's weird faces where it's like, this person's lying because they did this when they made a face. And they'd like, they have this weird nervous tick. But also in L.A. Noir, wherever you saw a clue and it goes, <laughs> you're like no I knew it was a clue before I you know, did that I knew it was a clue. come on Eleanor <laughs> leave me alone yeah <laughs> sorry I got off no it's but fine yeah, it's, it's one of those fine. things anyway experience I, game that's exactly it and it's that thing if you recommend it to people and you go oh, it's had an experience but 
recently we've seen a lot more which are like kind of negative experiences right? mm. and some of my favourite games are games which, and I won't say them for spoilers but games which are which you are having fun with them and then at some point you suddenly go oh no I haven't been being fun I've been being bad and then you feel bad and they're great but the thing is these kinds of games are still like so very two dimensional in terms of the experience they can offer you yep. in terms of going oh it's a game that makes you feel a bit sad because mm. sad things happen or oh it's a game that makes you feel stressed and maybe makes you wonder if you're a bad person for playing it yeah. whereas this is just like you're having an existential crisis <laughs> it's sort of uh, now we're getting into truly poncy territory but it's sort of a second person game like yeah it is a game where it's sort of telling you it's bringing you through the plot it wants you to have so it's like reading a book where it's going it's like reading a choose your own adventure book where it's going you go in this place you go here so it's leading you through but you have some interaction with what it's leading you through and that's what makes the experience like it's really quite odd it's very clever yeah really like really intelligent that's kind of part of my problem with it that it's too intelligent yeah I know I know what you mean and that's the thing is I kind of feel like I don't even know if I recommend it to people I think if you're somebody who creates things for a living and you're somebody who is well not even necessarily for a living Mm. but if you're somebody who's driven by creating things and you're somebody who is fascinated in the medium of games it's definitely something that I'd recommend playing oh the 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 thing that I got most out of it was and I didn't expect was it's sort of um, uh, like a primer in game making as a game design as personal expression like because it's not something I've ever studied and it's not something I'm good at recognising necessarily so someone literally walking me through and going I reckon this is what he was thinking when he did this and you go oh shit yeah Yeah, it really makes sense again I wasn't that familiar with that side of things either so it was fascinating to me on a bunch of levels but it's the sort of thing where people say oh should I definitely play it and it's like not in the same way yeah in the same way there are games which are like like games like Gone Home I think anyone who's like you know an adult in the same mind will have a really interesting time with that mm. game. I mean, if you're not, then you won't, but fuck you. <laughs> um, or, you know, don't fuck you, but maybe in a few years you'll grow up. Or maybe you won't, and then fuck you. <laughs> um, but, but this is different. This is like, I can't recommend this to anyone in the mm. same way. It's like, and you know what? Like, it's the sort of game where I saw somebody on the, on, on the Cool Ghosts, actually, and I have to say, uh, actually, we had a thread on this on the site, like underneath my, the video I did, and the thread there, the discussion, it's- has lots of spoilers. But it's a fantastic. It's so good. Like I mean, I don't want to blow our own trumpet, but I like the 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 selection of like feedback and some of the stories people told there mm. about their lives. Um, it's one of those things where I didn't personally want to share stuff, but lots of people were happy to, and mm. it's a fantastic read. I found that if you play the game and you feel a bit lost, go there because that made me feel better. It's <laughs> like a little transcript of a This American Life episode underneath your <laughs> underneath that thread. It's yeah. just loads of people getting really in depth about interesting stuff yeah. in interesting ways. It's great. Yeah. Um, so it's not for everyone, but it is interesting. But I don't want to talk about it. I'd imagine people aren't listening to Dark Souls would enjoy it. And it's an I hour and a half. I think so. But somebody, yeah, what I was going to say is there was a comment of somebody saying, feels like this game could have done with a warning. Because it's like, I felt really low and now I feel worse. Yes. And yeah. it's the sort of thing where like, I actually had a weird time with it because I, the, the topic, some of the themes that it explores in that game, I had literally spent most of that day thinking about. And then I found myself playing this game, being immersed in them. And I'm like, huh. is this a, the weirdest, most elaborate hidden camera show ever? Um, so it was kind of like staring into a mirror in many ways and I found that quite unsettling that's called egomania <laughs> is this about is this about me no, I, Some... I knew it wasn't about me Joe I knew it wasn't about me 
Uh, Thanks, Davy Raid. Thanks for making a game about me. I'm, I love you, Davy. I'm Coda. <laughs> it's me. I'm beautiful. I forgot all these games I made. These brilliant games. I forgot I was brilliant at this as well. And there you are. If you think I'm a, a tit, then you've just had it confirmed. Isolate that. Live. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about something which we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. And we know what it's going to be. I feel worse about this than Beginner's Guide. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty terrible as well, but in a different way. And again, quite difficult to recommend for different reasons. Oh. We were talking um, quite recently in Quinn's before he jetted off to Canada um, about doing a like kind of uh, maybe a weekly video series, mm. which would be about something. But we thought, well, let's do something which we don't have to be in the same room. Yeah. So we thought maybe Neptune's Pride. Neptune's Pride is an oldish game and it's very like it's kind of asynchronous but also constantly going on in the fact that you can like you know you can send ships to reinforce and have but it's basically it's just a bit like diplomacy the board game or if you don't know what that is it's risk but without any luck which just means that your relationships are based purely on you talking to other people and saying are you going to do this are you going to defend me here are you going to help me here well, actually, we'll get into this in a minute because we'll I was about to, yeah, because there's some interesting stuff. There is some interesting stuff, but when we realised we were going to start Neptune's Pride, and then out of nowhere, and it may have been coincidence, I do not know. Quinn's got an email being like, "Hello, we're releasing a game soon called Subterfuge. It's made by some people who are 2D Boy and some other people. 2D Boy, of course, made World of Goo. Yeah, and uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, Corp- no, hang on. Half, half, half of 2D of- Boy are the people who made Little Inferno, and I don't know if they're the same. people. It's very convoluted. Probably not. Yeah. But um, anyway, they're friends with the people who made Neptune's Pride and they've made this game and it's basically Neptune's Pride, but a little bit lighter, mm. a lot slicker and on iPhone, iPad and Android. And that's why it's terrifying. And that's why it's terrifying. Because it lives with you. It you, does. You don't log in, it's there all the time shouting at you oh, it isn't you're for me, losing. Because I don't have an iPhone, which means I'm playing uh, on iPad, okay. which is basically means what happens to me is I have to go and check my iPad. And it means when I go out for a curry, fuck knows what's well, happening. I think that's better for your psyche. Oh, no, I don't know if it is. It isn't? No. Like, this is the thing, right? I'm going to get my phone out now, and I bet you I have something telling me something terrifying. You probably do. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? I've got uh, one player has just hired a pirate. I know what pirates do. They're fucking terrifying. They can, they can wreck your shit. And I don't know what pirates do. What the pirates do? So pirates can... Well, okay, we're getting way past... Just for you. Yeah, just for me. Um, Quick. There are a Pirates can attack a sub on the way to a place. So you can see a sub coming, and instead of going, oh, shit, I have to fortify that place, you can just drive straight to it and destroy wow. it. Wow. Terrifying. Who's got a pirate? Nels. Okay, fine. Who's near me. Who's near you. <laughs> and I'm He's sending <laughs> subs around. He's less of a concern to me, I think. So basically, the game is just... There are eight of us playing it. It's me, Quentin Smith, Joe Scrabbles, Chris Bratt, Philippa War, uh, Nels, I think, uh, Nels Anderson, maybe? Nels. I've, I've forgotten his second name. A chap called Nels, who's one of the devs on Firewatch, which actually looks fucking awesome. Mm. And who else have we got? Paul Dean, Lee Alexander. That's it, isn't it? And that's it, I think. Yeah. So there's eight of us in this watery realm. It's all submarine themed, and Chris Bratt said it took him a few days to note the fact that it's. Sub- Subterfuge to- submarines. None of us got that. I, I didn't even spot it. No. He 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 was yeah. But um If you need a visual cue, it looks a lot like Sunless Sea, but without the sort of map elements. Yes, it does. Like the the 
place names and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's very lo-fi, very simple, but quite slick. And then it's kind of funny, because to play the game, you have to do all of these little tutorial puzzles, mm. and it's really intense. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like asking you to solve quite complex little yeah. puzzles after after the basic stuff. Anyway, mm. it's like, how do you do this? And you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they took a while for me to work out. But then because you're doing all of these little puzzles in succession, it becomes this thing of you think, oh my God, this game's so complicated. Yeah. And then you realise that, no, actually, each of those moves would have taken about 20 hours That's of real it. time. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's a strategy game where every move takes probably at least five hours to resolve. Like, at least, I would say. I don't think anywhere's close enough to have less than the that. The closest thing I've played to this was actually a kind of browser-based game, which I used to play a little bit. I think it might have been called Planet Planetaria or something. What was it called? I don't remember what it was called. Mm. This is embarrassing. But um, it was a game I used to play, and I got into it because a friend of mine who I met at college was really into it and he introduced me to it and at one game he'd like come first and he had the printout of the screen grab holy shit he'd screen grab the fact that he'd won a game and he had it on his bedroom wall as like a kind of like medal of honour this guy wasn't even that geeky but he was like yeah this thing had consumed this one of the best him. things I've ever done like that and the fact that he appeared as a, a junior columnist in Carp World was like <laughs> his claims to fame Stuff, but that, yeah. this game was similar in the fact that you you had like you know factories and stuff. You had planets. Mm. You would build up ships, and then you could attack other people. But this game had a similar thing in the fact that things took time to do. Mm. But it was a very simple kind of text-based browser interface. And the real trick with this game was just sending stuff at one in the morning. Yeah, and it was. <laughs> yeah, it became this arms race of who could stay up late and who could get up but, early. But this is what screws with us because we're yeah. playing with people in Canada so there's no downtime half of the game is being played from Canada and half of it is in the UK yeah. but it's funny because it means that when we wake up in the morning we just go ah! yeah. but then when they wake up in the morning they have the exact same thing oh man yeah so like today as an example um, we haven't really described what the game is you basically have a load of outposts yeah. that uh, some provide you with power some build drillers which are your sort of basic combat unit and uh, then you have like specialists like a queen who can hire other people. If you lose your queen, you lose that kind of stuff. So yeah, the kind of the queen so, is your like kind of your queen. And yeah. you, you have to protect her by keeping her in a safe place, but she also adds shields to the area she's in. So it's kind of yeah. like she makes where she is a bit safer naturally. Mm. Um, but that's where the kind of the strategy of kind of the army style strategy comes from is the fact that every every like ten hours, twelve hours, you, you're allowed to build a specialist with the queen. Yeah, and specialists can do a bunch of things, but then it means you get to choose kind of to shape what you're doing. So, for example, in mine, because it is um, this thing, we have these little nodes, and these nodes are your bases, and you have factories, and you have like outposts, and all these different things. Um, I chose to go for something which just expanded the range of my radar. Yeah, which meant that each of my outposts could just see a little further. But that that's the interesting thing is that is it's the luck element because that is the one element of luck is you don't yep. know which specialist you're going to be able to hire and they can totally change how you play oh, yeah. like some of them are very combat oriented um, I have uh, a princess who expands my sonar and I think I haven't looked into it fully but I think if my queen dies yeah. she becomes queen that's, that's it yeah so, so your queen is basically expendable so I have like a lifeline from the start which has changed how I've built it means My you can area. basically use your queen like an extra shield. Yeah. Like, and be like, oh, she's dead. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's, we got a princess in the bank. It's actually, it's got that um, cosmic encounter vibe where it's like you've yes. got a set of rules and then you've got things that break those rules. Absolutely. And that's that's the deal. Like Absolutely. And so, yeah, uh, back to the Canada thing. This morning, uh, I woke up, 
Quinns has this enormous like stripe of territory that he's taken, which is yeah. terrifying because he's right at the top of the leaderboards. He's built a mine, which is how you win. So your mine digs up stuff for how many outposts you have. And you have to get 200 of this ludicrously named uh, um, material called Neptunium. Neptunium, that's yeah. it. I was like, what's it called? It's, it's something it's stupid. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so he's way ahead. And I woke up and suddenly looked around and was like, the whole map is attacking Quinns now because he's built such a big place and he is a threat. It's because basically you start off and you've got like five places and you look around the map and it's just this dark sea and you can see all the names of all and all the colours of all different people. But it's that classic thing of, of unlike in Risk where it's like, I'm in England, I'm at war with France and maybe Germany mm. and maybe Norway. In this, it's like it's an underwater sea thing, which means it's a scrolling map that you can just go through and everybody is completely surrounded by, by everyone. everyone. Well, not everyone, but yeah, more by, or less. A, by a few people at all times. Yeah. So I started off like I'm not, I don't have any borders with Brat, for example, mm. which is awesome because it means I can talk to Brat and I don't really know if he's on my side or not most of the time, but then I'm kind of like, well, he's not an immediate threat to me either. Mm. And that's kind of a reassurance. Whereas I've got, on every other side, I have threats. And the, the thing is, it's, it's one of these weird things, especially playing it like this, is I thought, well, no one's going to trust me because nobody trusts me. Like, <laughs> it's a thing of I'm, I'm quite well known in this sort of game for being untrustworthy. And That's it's, the problem of playing with people you play games with, isn't it? It's the problem playing games with people I play games with. And also it's the problem of playing games and having had a couple of really good gambits. Like mm. when we played uh, the Resistance Avalon on Shut Up and Sit Down, Years ago, like a couple of years ago. And it's a really good video. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. But in that, I have a run as a bad guy, which is the most audacious series of, of lies and and things I've ever done. It's actually, it's great that we caught on camera because it's probably my best game of resistance I've ever done. I pulled off some pretty slick stuff in that game <laughs> and I won. Um, but because of that, I've kind of now been cemented as being like the untrustworthy mm. per one of the gang. Well, of course, it's different because that is a game explicitly about lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're a bad guy in the resistance, you have to lie. That's mm. how you win. Whereas in this, it's like I've actually kind of specced up for economy and I'm not really interested in having a fight. Mm. At the same time, we started the game at a period um, because it's like it runs for approximately seven to ten days. Because they were in Canada, we started at a time which kind of made sense for everyone, yep. which ended up being 11 p.m. at night. Mm. So we had to queue up our first set of orders before we went to bed. Unfortunately, I was drunk. <laughs> and, so, and so I... So I, your outpost spelled out the word booze. <laughs> so, I, so I was sat in bed with my iPad and desperately trying to go through the rest of the tutorials because I didn't really understand the game. My girlfriend getting quite irate with me because I wasn't listening to what she was saying and I was, in her eyes, playing games. Which, of course, I'm not playing games. A drunk board. It's a lot more serious than that. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, so I'm doing this stuff and then I get through the tutorials and I just get into the game and I go, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And I've got all these grey areas around me. I've got mm. all these grey nodes and factories and I'm like, well, they're not anybody's. So they may as well be mine. And so I just send out, like, a few ships to all of them. Mm. Just being like, well, see what you get. <laughs> and then, because Quinn's were always already sending, like, a couple of ships to a few things 
that will yeah, that, well, that's how to me. Quinns has done his thing. It's yeah. one ship. This is the to, thing. One, one driller to every place. But then yeah. what happened is I sent like one driller to every place and then the same places that he'd sent them to because he was in Canada over, before the timer came in he went, well, screw this and sent like 20 to the ones that I sent <laughs> one to. But then he took this like factory right next to like my whole area. And the thing about factories is they just gradually build up drillers. And one of the really nice things about this game I like is the fact that drillers are your army but also your economy. Yeah. So basically, if you want to build a mine, which is how you build up the resource that wins you the game, you have to spend drillers. But then you can't spend drillers if you're fighting with them because they're dying. Mm. And so it's this thing of you have to fight a bit to defend yourself, but you don't want to fight too much because otherwise you're just not going to win the game. Your money. So it's kind of a hard thing. But he'd taken this really annoying spot, and so I was like, all right, well, I've sent some things over there. And he was like, what? But that factory's right next to where I am. You can't have that factory. And I'm like, well, you've taken one right next to me. So we'll just have to agree that we both have ones next to each other and just chill out and yeah. not and just live with that. It's probably worth mentioning that there's a really slick chat system in the game. So yeah. you can chat to anyone privately. You can create groups of any size privately. So technically, there could be a group of all seven of you talking about killing me. And that's what makes me paranoid <laughs> yeah. the whole time. I just sit there and go, they're all fucking, they're all conspiring. They're all moving in. <laughs> this is the it's thing. Horrible. I spent a lot of yesterday, the first day, I spent a lot of yesterday just sitting, talking to everyone. Yeah. And I had this thing of, um, I felt really bad because it was this thing of the next day after I woke up and found that Quinn's had this huge chunk of the map mm. and was just like running away with it. My immediate thing to do was to send messages to everyone going, Oh, Quinn's is just madly expanding everywhere, isn't he? <laughs> Despite the fact that I've done exactly the same thing, yep. just less effectively. Um, but, I mean, in my defence, it's because I was drunk. Whereas, whereas, of course, he's just drunk with power. That's it. That guy's mad. Ah, yeah, and also, yeah, to come back all the way back, basically, I woke up, Quinn's was, had taken loads of stuff, everyone else had started attacks, and me and Quinn's had a sort of accord where he was like, look... I'm going to move out of this place so you can have it because you're already sending someone there. Let's just keep this as our borders. And I was like, that's cool. Then overnight, two of the Canadians started moving in on my shit. And so I had, I think they're going to take those. So I had to expand out. And the only place to expand was some of Quinn's stuff. So he wakes up at about like, you know, like afternoon our time. And I get the most spectacularly passive aggressive <laughs> message. Where he's just going, man, I thought... I thought we were we decided on our borders. Like this is kind of weird, and I was like, "Look, man, I'm really sorry. Needs must. I need this place. You got tons. Let me have it." And he was like, "Okay." And now I'm just going, oh, "Fuck, he's gonna kill me." <laughs> but I'm looking at the map and going, "He's not got much. He's not I can probably much. hold it." That's the thing, and I realise what I like about it is the fact that I realise I'm like I'm looking at this and I'm like, "Oh man, like this is annoying." Because I don't want to fight with Quinns, mm. right? I know me and Quinn's always end up fighting in games because we're just like we're just like that. But I don't really want to fight him. Mm. And but then he's taking this factory right next to me, and I'm like, all right, well I'll take this one. And then he immediately takes that one back because it's too close to him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well I want that one then. <clears throat> like, and all he has to do is just let me have that one, mm. and then we're fine. But he's so stubborn that it's just like a real uphill battle. But what's lovely is I thought, well, I can't fight him. I haven't got the military strength to fight him. So I just thought, but I do because I've got these expanded. Like radars, I thought, mm. but I do have a pretty good view of his bases. Yeah. And it just meant I've just like fed intel about him to everyone. Well, and you were saying beforehand you're just playing Varys. I'm playing Varys. Which, which is actually, in the sense of the lore of Game of Thrones, that is the evolution of someone no one trusts. So yeah. you have evolved successfully well, into that's Varys. That's what I'm trying to do because I know that no one's going to trust me. 
So I figure I might giving them good. Tell. I might as well be untrustworthy in a way which is like better than just stabbing someone in the back. Like I might as well just be somebody who the people don't really trust, but also don't expect to completely screw them constantly. You're just handing the knife to, for someone to stab. Always like in people the back. are just, and this is the problem. Otherwise, people are just going to preemptively stab me in the back. Mm. But it's this funny thing of the fact that it's like, okay, fine, we have to deal with this. But then it's really funny when you start to get a better view of things as well, because you can actually get an idea of of what the bigger picture is. Mm. And the, the thing I love about this, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, and it may have been a thing from Neptune's Pride because presumably that's about being underwater and shit as well. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I love how it, you really do get this sense of this isolation yeah. and this darkness because you can see the colours of the players and you can see who's where, but you don't know what anyone's doing. And not just in terms of where submarines are going, not just in terms of like, oh, they're sending submarines from there to there. But this, as you say, it's the thing of I spent a whole day talking to everyone, basically telling everyone, Quinn's is really weak, you should attack him from the side. Quinn's is really weak, you should attack him from the side. Trying to spread, like, trouble between, um, not you, not you, but the other... The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastards. <laughs> no, no. Not you, not you, not you. There's two people I, I've been, actually three people I've been 100% legit with so far, and that's you, actually that's you, Brat, and Pip. Right. Brat, because he hasn't really asked me anything anyway, and mm. we're not, he's not a threat. Pip, because... Um, Pip is archetypally the sort of person who just immediately just gets stomped on for no reason and so I thought no so I'm doing a weird thing with Pip and I'm trying to I don't know if it's working or not but I, I thought the idea of trying to make it people think that I'm fighting Pip <laughs> but I'm not Interesting. just so we can both keep our borders a bit clear mm-hmm. but she might just stab me in the back I don't know um, but yeah no I haven't, haven't lied to you either but I have because you're on the podcast. No, 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 no. But I've lied. I've lied to a few other people quite a lot, <laughs> just trying to make people think like that other things are happening. Not, mm. not majorly, but just being like, oh, I think this is worrying. Oh, they're basically in the hope that if I can make the other people paranoid about each other, they might leave me alone. Uh, it's interesting how all this stuff ties in as well, because like you talk, you talking about the accepted relationship of everyone with you, you with Quinn. It's like these little things, these flashpoints where everyone assumes that someone something's going to happen. There's also placement really affects this. Like as you say, yeah. you have no reason to lie to Brat because he's not near you. There's there's no there's nothing there. So when we started, Quinn's and Lee are right next to each other, and as soon as we started, Paul messages it. Yes, yeah, so I'm really me. worried about that. Yeah, Paul messages me and goes, "They're going to work together. They're definitely going to work together." And I can't tell whether Paul is just going fuck them up for me or <laughs> genuinely trying to inform me. That's exactly the same thing. He's also there with them yeah. so and they've got the this weird thing of they can sit around and talk outside of the chat room and so they've got this sort of meta advantage of like this like it's like all their queens have got together for like this secret conclave and they're all chatting about the game yeah it's a big thing and also it's this funny thing of i can see it's like well hang on a minute all of their submarines are moving away from from their back end and their submarines move so so all of pips are moving to one front end and all of lee's moving up which means you can kind of tell by looking at it it's like oh well that means that their border isn't really that defended. Yeah. So does that mean that they're just kind of vaguely trusting or are they allied? Yeah. And that's the questions you start to have. You're like, hang on a minute. Do I? And I've got this weird thing at the moment. Is I've got Paul and, and Lee both going next to me. And I'm like, is this a coincidence or are they working together yeah. and about to stop me? Well, so the thing today was I c- twice got messages from you and Lee within minutes of each other. Twice. Like at either end of the day. And I was just going... Are they fucking 
are they talking to each other and then saying opposite things to me? It's <laughs> very going, confusing. What is going on? And it's on the thing here? is, when you send your ship somewhere, it's going to take them like 12, 14 hours to get there, which mm. means not only is that like, oh, you're going to have to find out if it's successful, and that means you just left something undefended. Yep. And you can't turn around, you can't cancel, you can't just yeah. say, oh, actually, go home. And I mean, Lee was trying to get me to attack you, and I'm kind of wondering, I was like, are you just trying to draw me down so that Paul can move in? Like, knowing that it's going to take me a long time to get back, and you start to have all these big questions about, like, you know, but then also seeing from the other perspective of being, like, Quinn saying to me, oh, let's reassess our borders, I'll move away from this border so you feel safe. And I'm Mm. like, you need to move away from this border because the other half of your base is massively under attack because I sent people there. And Joe's in it. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, as you say, I had this thing, like, last night where I kind of felt like when I'd been chatting to you and chatting to Brad and being like, yeah, you guys... You go and attack him from behind. He's weak. I, I couldn't beat him, but I'm like, yeah, but I can cause him trouble. So I get those dice to it. And I was sitting there going, yes, Quinn's is going to have to leave me alone because I've just caused him trouble and they get something free. And then I had this moment just looking at the map and looking at this darkness of you and Brat and just being like, but maybe they're not doing it. Fuck. It's the thing of being like, <laughs> you've told me that you're attacking Quinn's, but until the, the colours on the map changes, mm. which will be 15 hours, yeah, exactly. 20 hours, I cannot know the f- whether or not you're telling the truth the fog of war is amazing as well because it's not only does it hide that much from you and it's probably a game balance thing but it works narratively is the only thing you can tell from behind the fog of war is when someone's built a mine and the mine obviously being the key to winning and so you just watch mines popping up across this background and just go everyone's fucking winning <laughs> everything's going well for them. and it builds you into this state of like fuck I've got to send everyone to their mines and destroy them and and like mines are incredibly valuable because not only do they stop production if you take them over you destroy 20% of their you take it you, oh sorry you take 20% of their stuff and you just look at it and you're like oh my god just everyone's got all the money and it oh. I think it turns you into a monster but yeah. it's also simultaneously turning everyone else into a yeah. monster and you always have way too many fronts you can't defend them all it takes is for somebody to just go actually you know what I'm going to take that and then trouble ensues and this is again this is the beautiful thing about the, the devices it uses because obviously for you you have to leave something behind you have to divest responsibility of your sea land that's getting killed by people. For me, it's equally terrifying because I'm getting it gives me push notifications every time something happens that I can see in my area, I know what's happening. And so I'm checking my phone, like I'm like, oh I've got a text I might, <laughs> might be my girlfriend Oh fuck! Way, and so it just fucks with your head constantly. it as well It says yeah. things like enemy subs on your radar yeah. you just go and you, oh have to, and you have to swipe in and then it zooms in on them and you're just like oh. <laughs> it's just it's so it's like it's sometimes so they're not even coming to you but exactly it's like, yeah I like that as well it's like this the knowledge it gives you there's a weird thing where like often you know when you play these sort of things because it is in many ways like a board game you have this thing of okay I'm allied with you which means I'll help you in fights mm. cool fun 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 but in this because the ships take a long time to go it means that you might have ships that are just in your radars that are not anything to do with you yeah. but they're like just clipping through a little bit of your radar going somewhere else and that happened this morning and it was this thing of being like I saw some ships going somewhere and I was like ah and I was like they're going to affect Joe so it just meant I kind of looked at it and I looked at the distances and I'm like Joe Joe can get away from there if he moves in the next three hours yeah. and it's this <laughs> thing of being like it's like, this thing of being like he can yeah so as long as he moves in the next three hours he's fine as long as Joel doesn't have any pressing actual real life work I was really fine. worried you weren't going to get out of bed <laughs> I was like I'm going to save him here but 
But then it's nice because it means you can actually ingratiate yourself with players, not just by mm. promises, but actually with information. Yeah. You can be like, you've got an army coming to you. It's going to arrive in 17 hours. Well, there's an amazing thing where it will tell you if something's targeted one of your bases. So I've got... Oh, really? Paul, yeah, so Paul has sent uh, a sub that I now know only has eight drillers, right? I didn't know how many people it had, I don't think. He'd sent a sub from like 36 hours away to hit one of my places. And I can't tell whether it's a mistake or long game like I've never seen. Paul is playing in such a weird way. Yeah. He's just sending lots of little shipments of like two or three things around between his bases. Yeah. Seemingly at random. Just the idea that he's... no idea what he's Just the idea that maybe he's thought 36 hours ahead frightened the shit out of me. (laughs) Let's just go, oh my God, he's the Machiavellian puppet master of this world. I had to have a really complex, a really really intense conversation with Lee this afternoon just because she's sending all this stuff to a factory that she owns on my border mm. and I just had to say you can't do that yeah. you can't factories produce military and they just get bigger and bigger if you're sending troops in as well it means you've got this massive army that's constantly growing sitting right next to my base I was like oh. you can't do this and the funny thing is I saw I realised it may, uh, may be a bug but I don't think it is but when people are like planning to do stuff when people are just like in the process of like drawing the lines before they've chosen oh the can things, you see you them can then you see it live so I could see her going zero submarine going there and I was just like don't do that don't do yeah. that and then she was like oh and then she was like but that's just someone going 40 maybe hours. yeah I know that's mm. but now after I saw that I get really paranoid now I'm like yeah. really careful about when I do stuff I love that it does that as well that you can't you can I don't think that you is a bug like, then oh it's an accident well, I yeah, mean, yeah. but I don't think that is a bug then because then that's the only way of checking how long it takes to get somewhere is actually doing it so yeah. if someone else is online so you actually it's a whole other metagame that you have to watch who's online when yeah so like, if they're online you maybe don't want to look because they'll might watch you doing it Quinn's put it beautifully yesterday which is there's a little green light that lights up it next to their on. name and he said whispers in the dark. This idea <laughs> that you could see people are online and you have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, that's the it's thing. Just beautiful. It's because you have like because actually the game there is nothing to do. Like you often have yeah. like you know you and you can queue up orders in advance. Yeah. So if you vaguely know what you're going to do, like you just say, well, this is going to happen for us. Oh, I've got like twelve hours. hours of stuff done. I'm going away for the weekend, so on the train tonight, I'm just t- I'm going to make like twenty four hours of speculative orders. Yeah. Just going. I reckon this. Is and you can probably log in every now and then and change things if they need. That's to. exactly but, it. Yeah. yeah. But you can do these things, and then you can just go, okay, done. But then it means that when people are on, like they're not, they're probably not queuing up orders. They're probably talking to people. <laughs> That's and it. what are they saying? And it's that thing of, it's oh. exactly the same thing of you. I thought I spent an afternoon talking to everyone about Quins and saying, well, you should try and stop Quins, try and stop Quins, try and do, 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 do Quins, and then realised that I was like, oh, happy, happy, brilliant. This is going to be all right. Quins isn't going to destroy <laughs> me. But then you go, what if Quins has just spent the entire day talking to everyone about me? Yeah. I have no idea. It is it's singularly the most horrifying experience. It's a hell of a thing, but it's also really stressful. And also, it makes you appreciate why conflict happens. Because oh, you have to be firm with people. And it's so tempting to just, just immediately get, to immediately throw politics to one side. Yeah. Like, Lee's moving all this stuff to this factory next to me. And I just said to her, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Mm. You cannot have that. I'm happy to have that factory, but you cannot amass an army there. If you do, I will have to take it. <laughs> And she it's just so and then she just said, "Oh, how are you going to how are you going to take it?" And I'm just like, "Well, that's that's my problem, <laughs> but I will have to take it." Well, Lee, let me give you an inventory of everything I own. <laughs> Actually, I do have the means to take it quite easily. Uh, but it's this thing of being like, but then she's like, "You have to resist because you just want to go." 
fine, do what you want. Yeah. But actually, you're like, well, I don't really want to fight. So you have to resist temptation to go, on your head! <laughs> Which is just, <laughs> when somebody's not doing what you want them to do or what you think is reasonable, you just want to go, well, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> when actually you kind of go, yeah, but it is wasting money. Yeah. Can I can I convince them not to do it? As it is, I can't convince them not to do it. So we're probably going to have to fight. It's and it'll probably some end kind in, of war. In blood. Anyway, that's subterfuge. I won't say any more about it, even though we just talked at, at length. But if you want to know more about it, then it should be later this week, hopefully. We'll have the first part of our diaries, which will include Joe and Chris Bratt chipping in some little bits. And it will be, yeah, kind of like video diary, audio diary, combination of stuff about the flow of the game so we've just given you some spoilers for the first day apologise 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 uh, but uh, the rest of it should be pretty fun to watch it's not going to be it's going to be stressful beyond belief you're all going to have an awful time hello Matt and Joe it's me Quinns I was on my way to Vancouver but I've been playing so much Soma and Subterfuge this week I've gotten a bit lost and ended up in a kind of undersea base don't believe the video games it's lovely down here another cocktail sir Ooh, thank you very much so I was just on the observation deck watching a particularly playful porpoise when I thought of a question for you boys games set in undersea bases always feature lies what is the greatest deception you've achieved in a video game and have you ever lied to yourself well that's an easier one isn't it well, I mean I've convinced myself that so many games are really good I've always, yeah I've convinced myself I'm good at games too yeah <laughs> like, that's a classic that moment where you like turn on a fighting game and pull off a combo and you're like I'm probably Evo level this yeah. is pretty good the only deception I can think of that I've achieved um, was probably I mean it's a classic one but I don't know why I could think of this but I remember it may have been Red Alert, Command and Conquer Red Alert. Mm-hmm. It may have been one of, one of those games had a thing whereby they hadn't really implemented, I think, if I remember correctly, they hadn't really in- implemented some of the stuff that now they have in, in modern video <laughs> games. When units walk behind foliage, they then become like these sort of like, you can still see them, but yeah. it's doing an effect to show you they're behind it something. It did not do that, because I remember Age of Empires 2 did that, and it fr- I was like, this is wow. one of the greatest this things of the future. <laughs> But it just meant, I think it was something like you put Tanya, or the commander, or whichever one it was, just behind a tree. Tanya was unbelievable. In an, and you just leave them there. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, you'd have, like, when you're playing on, like, land games or whatever, people would just be walking infantry past, and then they'd all just die. <laughs> and they wouldn't know why. <laughs> and that was kind of wonderful. People mm. would just be like, what happened? Because you wouldn't mad. even, like, get to see the men, because often the, she had a much better range than the, inside uh, the infantry. Yeah. So you wouldn't even get to see the men stopping and shooting in the direction of... They, they just, just fall over. And they had that weird effect on Red Alert where they just seemed to turn into blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Like, Red Alert is one of those games where, like, it was fabulous. Red I was Alert. obsessed with it. Red Alert was accidentally installed on all the computers in the IT department at my school. It can't have been an accident. Well, someone had, someone had got a copy. There was a copy that sat in the teacher's, like, office... And someone had clearly found it and installed it on all the computers. And so all that happened, because it was like two rows of computers facing each other. So we'd have LAN games, and whenever the teacher was on one side, the other team would be doing stuff. So it made for this like weird asymmetrical <laughs> that, where one side would be playing. As soon as he comes around, minimise, go back to work. The other side gets their that's turn. Fantastic. It's really good. Yeah. That's absolutely So actually, fantastic. that's the greatest deception in video games, <laughs> teaching that teacher. Oh, did anyone ever try to manipulate the teacher to buy extra time? Almost certainly. I don't remember well enough. We were too young. Oh, that'd be amazing. It was, it was that illicit thrill of playing video games that you weren't meant to as well, because we were all like 10, and it was like a 15-rated game with blood. 
and women. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it had literally everything. It was incredible. Oh, that's amazing. That which reminds was... me a little bit of a, when I did a, a theatre thing, Yumi Bum Bum Train, when I was a, which is a real name, a real thing. They're oh, yeah, their, I remember you talking about it. They're doing their last show soon, actually, but it was a wonderful thing if I was in an army scene. If you want to know about it, just do some Googling. I'm sure I've talked about it on, maybe I've talked about it on regular features. I think before, you did, yeah. In detail. Um, but, yeah, um, had, we were in the army scene and it was this thing of often people would come in and just tell you to do press-ups. They said, drop and give me 100 press-ups. Now, anyone who's not um, done 100 press-ups before will not know how difficult that is, mm. even if you're quite buff. 100 press-ups is kind of an ask, especially if you're doing them properly army style. Mm. But it meant we did the same thing of whenever the, the person who was the, the kind of passenger on the ride, the person who had told you to do these uh, press-ups was looking the other way you continue to shout the number of press-ups you were doing whilst not doing while lying down and as soon as they start to turn around again you continue Uh, so that was reminded me of that but I love that this idea of all these kids but surely the teacher would notice that like people never made any progress maybe he just felt that like he was a great teacher. Oh no, he didn't. People never made any progress on the. This work. is one of those teachers that had clearly like done something wrong in their old role and just been assigned to something. Like this was a guy. I think he used to be an English teacher, and then he suddenly became the IT teacher. IT was no, like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I, IT's I mean, like sports. I <laughs> think people who can't do it. Probably changed now, hasn't it? It's, you'd hope because it's because quite important. IT is like mega important. That's it. Like we were meant to be learning about Excel. I would love to know about Excel now. <laughs> I sometimes need it. Our IT teacher was meant to be a math teacher or vice versa. I don't know. It was, that, yeah, it was always like IT teachers were someone who didn't really want to be doing it, mm. but hey, why not? Computers. I know about computers, sure. Yeah. Um, I remember one IT lesson where this boy had written an entire thing out and then asked the teacher, how do I make it not in caps lock? And at that point, the official answer from the teacher was, you can't. <laughs> no one could work out how to do it. And so he had to just rewrite this thing because he'd written the whole thing Christ. in caps lock. I mean, he was a he was an idiot. <laughs> so hopefully, if you're still out there, Darren, hopefully now you've, you've learned how to use a keyboard. I presume, actually, I met him in a pub a few years ago. He seemed like a nice chap. I reckon so. he doubled down, just shouts everything now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just, look, this is what I've got. I might as well work this with it. This is how I do, okay? Yeah. I just shout. Um, yeah, my greatest deception is probably throwing a grenade on one side of a thing in Crucible and then running around the other. It's pretty good. It works every time. People are always like, oh, it's a grenade on that side. And then you run around behind them. That is good. It's pretty high tactics. I'm trying stuff. to think about major deceptions I've I've played <laughs> in my time. Problem is like video games, and this is something we talk about, like in the fact that board games largely are at the moment a lot more interesting than board game uh, than video games mm. because they they they're experimenting with lots of different ideas mm. and, and deception isn't something which video game does very interestingly. Oh, hidden in plain sight. Have you ever played that? No, it's, but I've had people talk about it all the time. Fuck, look, get four people together. Sorry, I've sworn a lot. <laughs> um, it's uh, get four people together and play hidden in plain sight and watch people learn how to deceive their friends. It's amazing because it's a game that asks you to play like an AI and so you start watching other players but you're also watching how the computer acts and trying to learn how like these little sprites move it's, it's incredible like it, it, to explain it's several modes along the same theme which I've is seen this, it's kind of like where's wally but with yeah, death but with death um so yeah it's it's several different modes um very lo-fi just sprites walking around a flat uh, top down screen and four players in it are exactly like these sprites but they have their own objectives so sometimes it's kill all the other players so it's kind of a, a, a proto version of what ended up being like the the way that Assassin's Creed yeah so out. Assassin's Creed I am absolutely positive someone just just nicked that idea Probably. because it's so it's so clearly the same idea and it but it's 
Hidden in plain sight. Like I've played the Assassin's Creed version, going, this is like high def. Uh, uh, hidden in plain sight. It's not because there's there's too much interaction. Yeah. Hidden in plain sight's beautiful because it is literally move and attack, and that's all there is. Or there's like one mode where it's three people have to race to get to a finish line, <laughs> and the fourth person is a sniper with three bullets. And they have to work out not only who the people are, but kill them before they get to a finish line. And it's just, it's exhilarating. So you don't want to be moving too fast. Or too consistently. Or too consistently. That's just great. It's so good. Yeah, that Um, sounds fantastic. I think you've got like a year left to get it on an Xbox 360, you know? That's a shame. Xbox Live Indie Games closes soon. I wonder if it's something that's come on Steam. Who knows? It might have done. But yeah, I, four players, like, and anyone can play it. Because it's not, it's about learning how the game works, not learning how to play games. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's lovely. That makes a lot of sense. That is Deception, the game. So good. Oh, no, I can't think of any, any Deception. I think it's just it's just being a child, really, and just deceiving your friends for whatever reason. I tell you, oh, yeah, big Deceptions as kids. Again, like um, like screen cheating in first-person shooter games, like pretending that you haven't seen someone, so you're not running straight to them. But you, but you're know. Run, you know where they are, so you're running the roundabout route to know to get to where they're camping because you've yeah. like sneakily peeked at it's their. It's amazing how much that was like a really brief social convention was dealing with that. Yeah, both doing it and dealing with it because we all did it. Come yeah. on, you couldn't help it. No, like, it's no one is is impervious to that. We, it's, it's a screen in front of you. You see things. We literally got to the point where we were asking our parents to pack TVs in our cars so that when we went to sleep, <laughs> we had four TVs and four Xboxes. Wow, like, it got to the point where it. The arguments were so severe that we had to that go to these lengths. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So this, yeah, this was like Halo. Yeah, because you're slightly younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of missed that. That was like the point at which the Xbox was becoming a thing. I was sort of off and about and doing things mm. and being like trying to be cool. And like, <laughs> stupid stuff we weren't that you go and do for a little while and then you go, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> What's this? Halo? It looks cool. <laughs> uh, so I missed all of that stuff. My mm. brother was well into it though. It's terrifying. It is a shame though because I remember like it's a weird thing that no one embraced it. You know, it was that thing of being like, screen watching was this curse. And people, yeah. I, I remember thinking many times about trying to invent some sort of cardboard contraption which would break off the different areas of the screen. Uh, we had, oh, uh, you will see, I. Th- no, I don't think we like, ever did this that. won't work. Someone did that. Some people have to stand up and some people have to sit down. <laughs> like, really late into, like, when split screen was. I gave it a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. There's, like,. Really late into split screen stuff. So when it was all dying out, I remember a TV maker made one of those like lenticular TVs. So you see two different sides and you could have certain games let you play two games on the same screen. So you couldn't screen watch as long as you were looking at the TV from a certain angle. You could only see your part of the screen. It's really weird. Yeah, that makes sense. But it just died on its ass because like split screen wasn't a thing anymore. So I just felt really sorry for these people who come up with like the perfect technical solution and it's just like nah no one needs it anymore mate we're all online yeah but it's a shame because it was almost like when online came it was like heralded by by all the people who played split screen games and being like oh this is amazing yeah it's the best now we won't have to see what other people are doing Mm. it will be completely fair but you forgot that you also then just lose the ability to like punch the person next to you on the arm and empathize in an affectionate (laughs) way and apologise to someone because you keep killing them it's a problem yeah we had we had one guy Tim, who was really bad for screen cheating and really bad for being the guy in fighting games that always uses the same move. So we named these techniques after him. It was always (laughs) called Sherwooding. (laughs) Like, this guy, he's a fucker. (laughs) So he's Sherwooding it up. (laughs) It's just like, it's strange, those like mini cultures that build up around stuff. I remember a guy, he let us play our job in GoldenEye. 
He what? let people play our job because he was so good. He was so good. good. He was so good. Mate, I can press uh, down on the C button pretty quickly. So you Looking can back, play as I'm much like, odd job as you like. He must have been, I don't know, like he was, uh, I, realize, I realize now he was kind of a strange guy, so he might be one of these people with these exceptional brains or something because he was obscenely good at Goldeneye. Weird. He literally came around and was like, oh, you haven't got any, you've hardly got any of the cheats on Goldeneye. I'm like, yeah, it's way hard. I can't do like double a. I probably said something like that as well. It was the nineties. It's way hard. It's way hard. Uh, and so he just sat and like he was like, oh, he played it for about an hour or something. He was like, oh, I've only got like ten sheets. I'm sorry, like I can't. I haven't got time for any more. I'm like, <laughs> I was just like aghast at being like, whoa, oh my god. And like, you well, know, so did he of- just come around and sat in your room? Uh, and no, that's the they, sign they were, of someone it, with an exceptional brain. It was another family who came to oh, save I us. Oh, I see. Sometime. Okay, right. And right. we used to play games, and it was always like he was just way. Way good. The curse of the family. Way friend. good at everything. But it was great because he unlocks all these things. And it was like, I didn't even know in Goldeneye up until like, this is like a year and a half after I'd owned it. And mm. I've been playing it all the time. That I didn't even know that, that you could get like Baron Samity and like the moon and all these different levels yeah, yeah, yeah. that he'd unlocks. I was like, oh my God, we've got three. For, like for a boy of my age, this was mind blowing. It was like, we've got three new levels. Yeah. Like three new. That's how many hours of gameplay is that? And actually you've just reminded me that that's like, that's, what was so special about, or well, partly so special about Towerfall to me, because we played the same five or six people in my office for about three or four months, played Towerfall every single lunchtime. And it does that thing. Well, firstly, you build up the culture, so everyone's got their style. And so you start, like, learning how people play, and it becomes that thing of, like, oh, you're a fucker, you always sneak around. And it also has that thing where it unlocks levels but doesn't tell you how you've done it. So it has that old-school thing of, like, we've got a new level! This yeah. is amazing. I didn't yeah. even know this was possible. Didn't even know there were new levels. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's just wonderful. I, I couldn't believe it because it didn't do that thing of having question marks on the on the dossier. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you got this. I was like, what? What? Excuse I, me. I thought I had everything. I thought we used all the paper on the old dossier. And the same guy. The same thing happened with um, with Diddy Kong Racing. I like, oh yeah. I love Diddy Kong Racing. We played it tons. I was all right at it, but I couldn't do Wizpig. It's impossible. Whizpig was so hard. This it's, guy didn't beat Whizpig. He's so fast. He's so big. He's a pig. This, you're talking bullshit now. This guy didn't beat Whizpig. He beat Whizpig. 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 And <laughs> he beat Whizpig. And again, I didn't beat Whizpig because I tried it. Like I wasn't very patient as a child. I'm a lot more patient now. But I tried it a few times and I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't mm. do it. He's too fast. He's a pig. <laughs> He's whizzing around. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the, the whiz has a double meaning. He's a wizard and he whizzes. It's unbelievable. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. God. Anyway, nice. um, I thought, well, it doesn't matter. It's the last thing. I don't need to do it. doesn't mm. matter. And then didn't realise that actually, after you do Whizpig, space. <laughs> you, literally, you literally get a whole new set of courses space. in space. And so this wasn't something he unlocked for us. It was just that he brought, this was the same kid. And again, like, you know, he was like, he came back another time. And he, he knew that obviously our house was not consistent enough when it came to unlocking things in multiplayer <laughs> games. So he did not have any qualms in bringing his own cartridges going, these plebs, they're not going to have, they're not going to have the space levels on Diddy Kong. So I, it just blew my mind. I was just like, oh my God, that's, we are that's it, that's, in space. That's even worse because you don't know, is it, you'll never know have it again. Didn't know the courses. No, I, I, I tried actually. It was a thing after he left. I spent a long time trying to beat Whizpig mm. and I just couldn't do it. It's so, so fast. I was even playing as the big chicken, and the big chicken is really, he's fast. Yeah. 
Oh it's god, tough times for kid. Games. I wonder what that guy's up to. He was very good at video games. He's I... probably an esports pro. No, I expect he's gone <laughs> on to do something kind of valuable and, and <laughs> useful to society, or at least very lucrative with his life. Interesting. Maybe he's a pig farmer trying to get that one elusive really. I don't know. He magical did... pig. He really liked computers, so he could beat it. He was, as you might say, a geek. Interesting. <laughs> I never thought that. I know, right? From what you said. I know, I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But I hope he's doing well, because I really appreciated the cheats and levels he unlocked <laughs> in, uh, in Goldeneye. If he could come round and unlock the secret section of Beginner's Guide, that'd be great. I really want to see that 12th game. Yeah. There must be one. Imagine if that was a thing. Imagine oh. if Beginner's Guide, there's one. If you go in that... There's a whole karting area in space. In that first bit, the Counter-Strike level, if you just walk around and they're down one corridor, you unlock a new game. That'd be amazing. It's probably, probably a fact. Then New Game Plus in Beginner's this Guide. This guy's probably laughing at the fact that we haven't done it already. I bet there is New Game Plus in Beginner's Guide, and everyone's just been too depressed to like click it and start <laughs> again and see what it does. It's like the Stanley Parable. Yeah. You just keep doing it, but it gets worse and worse <laughs> until you want nothing yeah. ever again. Anyway, um, we haven't got any questions this week because Ooh. I forgot to ask. <laughs> Apart from questions, we've got. But no. I will try now to set a precedent for the future <laughs> of saying if you would like to ask a question for next week's episode, then it's a bit elaborate. But if you go to coolghost.com, mm-hmm. no, don't go to coolghost.com. Nobody owns it. Cool or ghost. somebody owns it, but they're just sitting on it like a like a tit. Like a, real like a tit. There, I said it. Um, Go to coolghost.net and you find out this week's episode of the podcast, or you listen to right now. There'll be a comments thread there, and I will leave a thing saying, ask questions here, and you can ask questions underneath. Next week, our guest is going to be... Did you want... Was that a... Should I have drum roll? No, I did it in, with my mouth. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah okay. It's going to be uh, Mr. Andy Kelly. Oh, yeah. Um, who I've, I've known for a very long time and want to get on, because he's the guy who makes other places. He's very um, good. He is very all good. things on the internet. And he's very jovial and he's a very nice man. But I'll be talking to him next week with Joe mm-hmm. um, about other places and probably some other stuff as well. Probably some video games. So if you have any questions, particularly maybe you have some other questions about other places, then uh, do. If you know what other places is, go and have a look at it. I really it's- look forward to the questions that are just... This was a bad episode. I didn't like Joe. <laughs> and you read it with a question mark at the end. Go, I don't really get it. Don't get that question. I'll just keep saying it <laughs> just until I understand over. it. <laughs> until Joe's a husk on the floor. He's the cried out. <laughs> all, his, all his moisture's gone. And then once your moisture is gone, I will eat you like a crisp. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a threat. Weird. It is weird. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Daft Souls podcast. Um, as ever, if you have enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes mm-hmm. or anywhere else you like. Download it on, on SoundCloud. Do whatever you like. Do whatever you like. I believe in you. you and as ever, um, coolghost.net is supported by Patreon, so if you do enjoy the podcast, you can go and have a look at that. All the details on the website. But we'll see you next week, and the questions thing will be continually now on the site from last week's podcast episode. It's a system. It's strange, but it's a system. It's going to work. It's going to work. It has to work. <laughs> it has to work. And uh, we'll be playing lots of submarine stuff. I'm going to be dead next week. We're all going to be dead next week. Yeah. Both literally and we figuratively. Are. We are all going to be dead next week. That's made me feel better. So just suck it up and enjoy life while it's here. No, oh, I'm sucking. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.